Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I'm so excited and beyond honored to have uh, Mr. Chase in the house. How are you doing, sir? Austin, I'm doing fantastic. Hell of a way to start off my Wednesday morning. Thank you for having me. Man, thank you so much. Thank you for Dennis for making the introduction. Um, what I like to do on this podcast, because I don't have a context, is I like to let my guests kind of start their story where they want to, and then we'll kind of go from there. So you can start wherever you like. Oh, open format. I love it. So, uh, yeah, I am a personal development uh, aficionado, and it started with fitness. And my dad had a weight bench in his basement when I was or in his room, in his bedroom when I was four years old. And I watched him work out. And I grew up loving physical fitness. And through a journey of getting turned down for a contract that I thought I was going to get with the Navy, um, and instead of getting a chance to go to Bud's and a chance at becoming a SEAL, uh, turning wrenches for four years, becoming completely disenfranchised with a broken leadership system and a, a flawed advancement structure, I wanted to get out and be my own boss. And I, I opened a gym and I thought I was my own boss. Uh, and it turns out that the, the business was running me and I had locked my own flame. I, I had put my flame out long before the Navy or the business. Uh, I had been scared of, I, I had been burned by myself and I had burned other people and I decided to squelch my flame. Um, and I have since in those years, since starting the gym, learned how to control that fire and turn it into a raging inferno when needed and leave it as uh, burning embers when needed. And uh, I, am, I am now on a mission to help others restoke their internal fire, specifically men who have lost themselves in an attempt to win the rat race. So... That's that. That's yes. the short. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so fired up already. My heart's beating out of my chest because what you don't know about me and what I've never shared with anybody is our stories are very similar. Um, I was going through a difficult time and uh, I got jumped in college. And I and long story short, I was trying to go in the Coast Guard because I was just so lost and they wouldn't take me. And I think I kind of self sabotaged myself. That's a whole for another story. But uh, and I wanted it so bad because I just wanted that direction. Right. And then instead, I, you know, navigated the, the scary world of addiction and everything. But what it all came down to is exactly what you said, is that I burned out my own flame. And, and when you run hot like me and you do, being able to control that high achievement, that driven part of you is actually pretty the scariest part. I was talking to a, a lady the other day, one of the most accomplished people I've ever met. We, we had a nice long talk and she said the number one thing that the high achievers need to understand is when you turn the flame off, you can turn it back on. Yes, 100%. You know, people think that they're going to take a weekend away and enjoy themselves and everything's going to disappear. 
you know what that is, right? It's ultimately you're not all in on yourself. Mm. And, and if I, this might be a little bit of reaching and mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. People think they're not worth where they are. So they have to keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been my experience that the higher up you go uh, from, from working with clients from my own, it, like I'm someone who's very aware of the imposter syndrome and still the higher you go, the bigger the imposter syndrome gets. Mm-hmm. So everybody's just a person at the end of the day. I heard something the other day that was so powerful. Uh, this guy coaches like multi, multi-millionaires and billionaires And he also coaches people that have like cancer and are broke. Like he does both. Right. And he says the line between the same things they're worried about is so close. Dude, it's, it's like, yes. You know, I've had clients who are sleeping in their, their buddy's basement because they're in between jobs. I've had people who on the outside look like they have it made and to the same effect, it's the same worries. It's the same. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm less of a fan of like, Oh, inner child. And we're all holding on to stories from when we were 20, 14, eight years old. You know, I've, I've, I've worked with guys, one guy specifically who was scared to go after what he wanted in work. And once we dug three stories deep, they went back to getting hit by a ball and T-ball. You know, so people are spending their life running away from that, that stuff in the back of their head, that nonsense. And the analogy I like to use is they would rather live in a little bit of discomfort forever than walk over coals once by addressing that stuff to be able to create their own paradise. Yes. And and what's me, my other podcast hosts on my other show talk about is why does it take a cancer scare? a divorce, uh, a burnout. Why does it take all these, like, it has to get so uncomfortable or like that you have to hit the wall doing 190 guilty as charged. Uh, why? So one of the things people ask me all the time is like, why do you do what you do? And I said, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to save you from the 20 car pileup. Can I catch you beforehand? Can I catch the addiction when you didn't know to go to rehab, can I save the marriage when you didn't like, you don't have to be me. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to all go. You don't have to burn your life up seven times, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's why I package my program around fitness because that's so many people spend their fitness trying to feel how they think fit people feel mm-hmm. when really a lot of people that have great physiques are just as broken in the inside as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's a great segue as a coach because it's something people are willing to dip, dip, dip their toes into. 100%. And what's interesting is when I, when I have friends that are like you, and, and, and you know a little bit, I lost a bunch of weight, uh, like 70 pounds, right? And you know what's the one comment they said to me? They didn't say, man, you look awesome. They said, you look happy. And what I realized is I didn't go for the external. I changed myself from the inside out. And by doing that, I changed my whole life. Are you familiar with uh, Joseph Campbell? Uh, He pioneered, he was a mythologist. He pioneered the hero's journey. Uh, Yes, I've I've studied more of it, but I'm, yeah, I'm getting familiar, more familiar. 
So there's a, a movie, and it's available for free on YouTube called Finding Joe. And it's about Joseph Campbell and his life's work. And there's one gentleman on there that was talking about he slipped and hit his head on ice. And at this point, he's like 200 pounds overweight. And when he went unconscious for a second, he saw that the the weight he was carrying was was the metaphysical baggage he was carrying. Mm-hmm. And he needed to let go of all of that in order to be able to lose that weight and live a, live a truly healthy life. So God love my mom. Uh, when I was still uh, married uh, to my ex-wife, um, I was cycling 120, 150 miles a week. I mean, a lot, right? Thought I was eating healthy, really love cycling. She said something to me, you know, hey, it's off-putting, whatever. She goes, I don't understand. You work out every day, but yet you're still heavy. And that was kind of the aha moment, right? And so I did a little more deep digging. And what I realized is I was holding all, as you say, the metaphysical weight of the toxic marriage and this and that and the other. And my friend who's a healer out of LA said, watch the moment that you get divorced, all that stuff in your stomach, you're going to start shedding the pounds. And sure enough, you know, I lost 20 pounds and, and more weight. And it was like, People don't understand, like I have a body work guy, a massage guy. Like he's like, dude, you still have years of toxicity of alcoholism and drug addiction in your body. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. Like we don't understand that water holds memory and and everything is stored in your body. And and, and nobody listens to their body anymore. Like it's telling you everything that you need to do. People People think that they have a mind and a soul. Some people think they have a soul, but they think they have a mind and a soul inside a body. Mm-hmm. And I, I am more and more leaning towards we have a, a body inside of a mind and a soul. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's one synergistic system. And you, you need to be able to take care of that, that meat suit that you're wearing for everything to happen. And to your point, you know, I love, dude, I love good body work people that can recognize those years. Dude, this guy is the best. I mean, he is yeah. like, yeah. Uh, changed my life. It's, that's yeah. And, and to your point about that, until you release all that stuff, it's going to be very hard to get that, that meat suit, your body in prime physical shape. It's, it's tit for tat and it, it, it needs it for it to work. It needs to be a full picture. And what do you tell people? Because I've adopted a different lifestyle because losing weight or, or getting healthy can be very hard. I do believe that it's the number one pillar. I believe that you can get to it the quickest and you can create wins. But I've adopted something different. I adopt, I have a lifestyle of a healthy person. So it's regardless of if I'm bench pressing, like I tell people all the time, my joke is we're not in PE class anymore, dude. Nobody gives a shit. So the question is, if you move your body, 20 minutes a day, regardless of what it is. And you're not worried about what shoes you're wearing. You're not worried about what shirt you're wearing and you just go do those things. And that gets you started. Well, I've, I've adopted this lifestyle of I'm a healthy person and I work out and yeah, there's some metrics that you got to hit and, and there's different workouts you can do. But what do you tell people when you're, when you're training them? Is that more of something that you lean into? It's just creating this lifestyle and far less worried about the metrics. 100%. Uh, and I, myself, I used to chase numbers. You know, I, I hit the 530 pound deadlift and the 405 back squat. And, and for personal story, I hit that 405 back squat. I was amped for about 30 seconds. I was like, oh wait, I'm still the exact 
same person with the same stories. And to your point about living it, so many people say you're 280 pounds and you want to be 215 and you've been trying in quotes, everything for the last, however many years. Well, there's a stowaway in your head telling you that you are 280 pounds, that you don't deserve to be, or are not capable of being that person that's 215 pounds. So a lot of people, those PRs, the big numbers, the, the races, those are cool. And if you want to do those, great. As long as we recognize that it's a, it's a big picture system. If we're only focused on those, uh, we can, exactly what you said, like we can be the person who works out five days a week and sees little physical difference, like little, little aesthetic or health difference because our lifestyle in our head and outside the gym is still junk. And I had this guy who is like my spirit animal who I'm going to see in a couple of weeks. Thank God. Cause he's, he runs a company called alpha hippie Angelo Cisco. And oh, dude, Angelo is the man, the man, like the man yes. we had him on brain dump twice. Like he's, he's the man. And he said that he didn't work out for three weeks on purpose because he wanted to see what he would tell himself. And I was like, that is some next level stuff because i know that when i started getting sober i leaned into the workout and it was who i was and that's through the divorce through getting laid off it's the only thing i had to hang my hat on and at the time that was great but now it makes me think to myself how much am i hanging on to it too much right like there's a that's so there's like a mind shift there too i've seen that you know i've been running the gym for seven years now and we've had a couple of clients through the years that stick out uh, that they were they, DUIs, alcohol, alcoholism. And they say, well, fitness is my thing now. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they'd go a week without fitness, they'd go back to the bottle because a lot of people are out there treating the barbell the same way. Even people that didn't come from addictive backgrounds mm-hmm. are treating the barbell the same way that someone treats a bottle of tequila. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's a broken system. That's wild. And so I want to dive into the part because I think the most value people will get, and I want to dip into your mindset when you were growing the business, because I've done the same thing and I lost a bunch of money doing it. When, what, what were you doing? What, what kind of woke you up to the fact that your business was killing you slowly? Oh, the first one, I, I used to spend 5 a.m. I mean, the entrepreneur's uh, sob story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my iPhone, when I would get in my truck at night, would say eight minutes to home or eight minutes to work because I spent approximately seven to eight hours at home sleeping and the rest of my day at work. So I would get in my truck to come to the gym and it would say eight minutes to home. That's, that's, a, my that's, a, that's a mine. That's a my fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and one night before I left, like I had all the lights shut down and I, uh, I pulled out a uh, weight bench. I just laid down in the middle of the floor and I had a complete like mental breakdown, like crying, like what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, I got out of the Navy out of a secure career. Um, what is going on here? Where are all my friends? You know? And, uh, it was, it was a wake up call, uh, a, a metaphysical wake up call. 
and I, I called my wife. We were dating at the moment and she was very helpful through those few minutes as she has been through nothing quite to that magnitude, but other existential crises with the business. Yeah. And since then it's been a, okay. Like I run a gym. That doesn't mean that's who I am 24 Mm seven. And I had, I had let the business swallow my identity and I forgot who I was. Yeah. So now it's in creating balance. It's, and, and the funny thing is, when you find that balance, your life outside your business gets better and, wait for it, your business takes off. You want to know the number one thing people say to me all the time? Successful men that need help? Well, I don't want to work on myself because it's going to ruin my business. Oh, my God. I'm like, you got Dude. it all ass backwards. If you work on yourself, your business is going to 10x. Dude, it can, I mean, any any quality business coaching program has the self work bundled in there. You know, it's yeah. So here's a here's a question. Here's a here's an intriguing question. So I want you to talk to that guy that was sitting on the bench that was having the breakdown. What would you tell him as you sit here today? Ooh, great question. Pausing to reflect. Of course. Oh. What would I tell Chase in 2015 on a bench? Well, I would tell him, I would ask him what he's done. I, I, I wouldn't tell him anything. I would ask him questions um, to start. And I would ask him what he's done in the last 18 months, what he's achieved, what he's built, the, what lives has he impacted. And uh, that would create the answers. Uh, Because in my opinion, there's a difference between all the right answers coaching and all the right questions coaching. And I would would ask him, what have you done? Whose lives have you impacted? Who, Who has told you that you've changed their life already in this young business? And, uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 in, that's a great question because I'm getting the feels just sitting here thinking about how I would have answered that back then. I had this new I had this new thing I'm on right now, and I've said it to two coaching clients this morning already. I asked them a simple question: Is there any part of your body and your soul that thinks if you're 100 percent committed and you believe in yourself that you won't create everything that you want in life? Well, no, of course not. Okay, then what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, yes, 100%. People are, we are our own worst enemies. We're brought up to not own our wins and to shy away from uh, feeling powerful. You know, oh, don't be full of yourself. Don't, you're a narcissist. Like, okay, I won't be full of myself, but I'm going to be full in myself. I'm going to be fully mm-hmm. in myself. You know, and being able to say thank you when someone gives you a compliment as opposed to deflecting it. <laughs> oh God, dude. I actually think funny enough. I actually think that's one of the bigger problems in America. I said, no, 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 you didn't understand. I'm asking you a question and you're, you're, you're telling me something different. I'm guilty of it too. Instead yes. of actually well, answering the question they asked. 
That is uh, one of my good friends dropped this on me recently. And that is the difference between a conversation and an argument. Mm. It's not tone of voice. It is whether or not the person speaking had already decided what they were going to say before the per- the other person stopped speaking. Fuck. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's really a great point. That is a really good point because ultimately in life, one of the things, one of the reasons this podcast is created the way it's created is because I don't want to have context in my life at all. Because if I'm, if I'm pushing context, then I'm pushing an agenda. Mm. And so I just want to let it flow because what I'm basically doing with my guests. So everybody understands is I'm watching their face. And when I hit on something that lights them up, then we just stay there for a while because then we're getting the true nature and the true identity of who they are instead of trying to propagate and push something across the table. I love that. You know, um, that that's holding space like that is an art. So Mm -hmm. kudos to you for being able to do that. And ultimately for everybody that's listening out there that you can do that with your spouse, your brother, your friends, because ultimately you have to understand that, you know, (laughs) from a former divorce guy to a new relationship, one of the things I'm trying to understand real quickly is this can be predicated in all walks of life. They're not asking for you to be their cheerleader. They're asking for you to hold, like you said, hold space for them to understand what they're going through with an with an active listening mind, and 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 support them, not the other way around. You know, um, I have a tendency in my twenties, and I've removed myself from it. Is I used to call myself the poker, mm-hmm. right? Do this. You should do this. You should do that. You should do this. Uh, why well, I don't know why you're not listening to me. You should do this. And like I realized, like no, nope, that doesn't work. So. That is the language work I do is built uh, by and large around the victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And if I may dump the definition of the victim mentality real quick. Sure. Uh, victim mentality is defined as a state in which an individual accepts themselves as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. And the victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and support system. Now, the victim mentality, yeah, there's always that victim. It's everybody's fault. It's everybody's this. If you're basing your self-worth off people, what does every victim need? They need a rescuer, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and you know, I, I get this. Like, I lived it as a coach, right? That, that why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you? And that's, that's still the victim mentality. And, it's, and you, you can sit there and be like, no, I'm not the victim. These people are playing the victim because they can't get their life in order. But you're basing your self-worth on whether or not they are accepting your advice. I feel like I'm in class right here because you just blew my mind out of the back of my body. Because now I realize <laughs> that's what I was doing at the beginning in my coaching career. Yeah. So, so really, if you think about it, on a, to take it down even farther, if your expectations of them to feel that way and they don't reciprocate that in essence, the the system is broken within the energy exchange of coaching and client. 
Yeah. And, and you're, you're basing it on, I told you to do this. I told you to go read that book. I told you to eat your food. Why aren't you listening to me? That's yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's fuck. That's huge, man. So the question is, right. And I think one of my specialties, yeah. because I lived it for 20 years of victimhood is to, I, I truly believe this. This is not to put down any other addiction or any bad thing that you've been through. This is not what I'm saying, but I do believe that victimhood is the hardest thing to break somebody out of ever. And the only reason why I'm any good at it is because I lived it for 20 years. But the second thing is, is I'll get messy in that bunker with you because a victim mentality person will not remove themselves from that cycle. It is a really, really hard cycle to break. The Mark England has said that the victim mentality is as addictive as crack cocaine. And uh, some would argue almost as detrimental to forward progress in life. Uh, And it comes down to the words and the language at the end of the day for for the way that I approach it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if we're using stuff, if we're saying, I don't like being late or I don't want to do this, or I'm not going to do that. And you think you're framing it. You're still wiring up your reticular activating system, which is what you look at is what you see to, to see all the reasons that you can be late or all the reasons that you will gain that weight back. If you're like, I don't want to gain the weight. I, I don't want my business to go broke. Now I don't want to be a failure. I don't want my marriage to fail. And you don't, don't, can't, don't, well, cool. You're still looking at all that stuff. Your brain is focused on that. So, I mean, the, the easiest flip there is flipping negations to affirmations. And it's like, okay, if you, want, if you don't want your business to fail, what do you want? Well, I want to succeed. How? Well, I want to grow seven figures this year. Cool. What do you need to do to make that happen? You know, and, and people use these what ifs. Like, what if my business fails? What if, what if we use what ifs? in a good way. What if we give ourselves permission to succeed? Dude, you, oh. me and you are the same person. I told, <laughs> I told, I told, I tell people the most powerful words in the English language are what if, what if you go all in on yourself and shit doesn't fall apart. It actually goes great. And right. Mm-hmm. And I have them list off all these things. And then I go, tell me the negative, write down the negative. That would be if you went all in on yourself. Well, there isn't one. Well, then what the fuck are we doing? Let's go. Right. But, but that's, but there, then we get into the comparison stuff. Well, I'm here and look at 38, I didn't want to get laid off and I didn't want to blow up my entire life and sell my properties and lose my dog. But I've also had business wise, the most exciting, best opportunities, fallen in love with the best girl, traveled more than I've ever traveled, smiled more than I've ever smiled. You know, one of my favorite quotes in the entire world, one of my favorite dudes is Kyle Cease. And Kyle Cease says, the issue with people, let me see if I can get this right. I've been said in a while. He said, we, uh, we're so scared to tell the truth because we, by telling the truth, that's quantifiable. Or by, 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 uh, by not telling the truth, that, that outcome is quantifiable. If we tell the truth on the backside of that, we don't know what will happen. Like if we really speak our truths, right? If we really say what we think and look, let's be honest. It wasn't until me and my ex-wife were playing a bad game of poker. Who was going to bluff first? And I had to tell my truths 
And by doing that, I had, I poured the gasoline, I lit it on fire, and then I poured more gasoline on top of it. But through the pain and the struggle, the same thing with you and your business, through the pain and the struggle, we're better for it. We're happier. We're healthier. We're, we're in relationships that we're you know, committed to and, and people support us and our businesses are thriving. But only people want to get there when they have no other option. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, self-responsibility is scary. And, and you know, it, to say it again, the victim mentality is addictive. So why would they leave? Uh, do you know where abracadabra originates from? I was waiting for this. Uh, you and you and Mark are in my head these days. <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Listen up. I've I've used this about thirty times since I figured out what this was. I actually used it four times yesterday. Abracadabra comes from the ancient Aramaic for "With my word, I create." And to build on this. Merriam-Webster definition of a spell is a word or combination of words thought to hold great meaning. So every time you speak, every time you think, every time you write, you are casting spells. And it is up to you whether you cast white magic or black magic. And most people are just practicing magic and not knowing they're doing it and wreaking havoc and confusion on their own lives because they have zero specificity or they're doubting themselves or hating on their journey. And they're speaking themselves worse than they would speak to their best friend. Mm -hmm. So to your point about truths, when you can dig in deep and find your truth, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And you're not sure what lies in there because the lies are easy. You know what you can frame. When you can dig in and find your truth and get your own abracadabra, the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. that that pill, that that's real. It's just owning your stories and your language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the first things I do when I meet people, and I was telling Mark when I met him in person uh, two weeks ago, is the first thing I do when I meet people. I'm like, "Hey, drug addict, homeless, divorced. Nice to meet you. Let's go." Like, and and the, and like that's... in that in that moment, they go, "Well, damn." My shit doesn't sound that bad. And like, it takes them at ease, but it also allows me to operate free of, of, of myself. I love that. Uh, One of my clients said, uh, this program has helped me stop hiding from myself. Yes. And when you can stop hiding from yourself, you know, and his example was, uh, yeah, somebody asked me about where I went to school. And for the first time, instead of lying, I said, I dropped out of college and just got straight to work. (laughs) Well, when you can stop hiding from yourself, you can start looking at all the great shit you can do otherwise. I dropped out of college three times. So look, here's the deal. They think by keeping those things in the closet with the light shut off that they're not they're not doing anything, but you're giving it all the power. By bringing in the light, shining the light on it, it has no power over you anymore. If it doesn't have any power over you, then you can stand on top of it. And you can and you and that could be the foundation for everything that you want in life because the, 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 the dreams and the goals and the, and the, and everything like that, like I've just become a part, like, and, and I, and I think they have merit. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm more, more live my life off of my values of who I am and my lifestyle. So if that's the way I operate, like when I had this thing, I haven't said it in a while. Like, you know, everybody asked me, cause I'm in real estate, ask me all the time, like, well, should I invest in this market? Should I wait? Do I need to wait? You know what I told them? 
I said, I don't move with the wind. I make the motherfucking wind. Mm. Like, because it doesn't matter. Because if you're operating in your core values of who you are and your lifestyle, then it doesn't matter if I'm in Costa Rica, I'm looking at real estate. It doesn't matter if I'm over there I'm because I'm available for the opportunity. One of the things I rail against is I think everybody lives their life on absolutes. This is the only place I'm supposed to work. This is the only job I'm supposed to have. This is, then, you, then you take all wonder and curiosity out of your life. Life's not allowed to happen for you. So many people, I mean, we're human beings, right? So many people get so caught up doing that they're, they're, they don't know how to be a being. They don't know how to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to, uh, I wanted to share this. You were talking about uh, the facing your truths and the evils and, and reframing. When you laugh at the devil, he will run away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to your point about using it for perspective, right? Um, there was a, a Paul Check episode where a gentleman talked about Watiko, the mind virus, and how it's it's uh, the Native American take on like ego, and um, it, it'll run the show if you're not careful. And I had uh, an experience, a, a plant medicine experience, and. Mm-hmm. When I went behind the veil, I, I was like, this seems weird. Like, this isn't, this isn't the, the usual mystical. I was like, wait a second. And I called it out. I was like, is this that with Tico? And the facade in front of me started melting away. Mm-hmm. And then I see this being there dancing and trying to keep this facade going. And I see this beautiful paradise behind it. Mm-hmm. I expected as this melted down and he curled up in a ball to just disappear and he didn't. He went into the background and then everything else stayed in front of him, but he was still back there for perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, the point you were making about these stories serve for perspective. Well, what's interesting, memory. right, is I have a good friend and he's lived a crazy life and he said something to me the other day and the same vein of what you're exactly saying. He goes, Austin, when you can wake up to the fact that it's all a game, he said, when you can step out of your own consciousness and stand on top of yourself and look at what you're doing and kind of laugh at yourself. Like I'm like, I have fun, but I also take myself too serious. And so one of the things I'm working on is like, dude, it's, it's all relative. Like it's, 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 do I get to enjoy this? Is this conversation really great? Like, what are they teaching me? These are the questions that we need to ask ourselves. And it's a simple thing. You know, they say it all the time, but I'll just say it again to reiterate. Like, stop saying that you have to. You get to. I get to be on this conversation with you. Yeah, I'm sure you even have more powerful because I'm dipping into y'all's world. So I'm new to this. Or you choose to. Ah, Yes. Yeah. Aubrey Marcus and Ed Milet were talking about, he said, listen, you're, you're all walking around like you don't have a choice in the matter. He's like, you could not eat and you would die, but it's still a choice. He said, so every time you're bitching and moaning, remember that everything that you do in this life is a choice. Yeah. And, and, and there are truly toxic relationships and crap situations. If you're staying there, you made the choice and you made the choices that got you there too. Mm-hmm. So it's in that recognition of, because I, I know some people and they're like, well, victim mentality, there are true victims out there. There are. Mm-hmm. And it's how we get out of it. 
you know, mm-hmm. to support that, that choices. And, and I wanted to, I, super cool that you got to meet Mark in person. Um, I didn't know you knew Angelo. So like this Dude, is, we did, did we need that? I, I smell, I smell, I smell an in-person boot camp coming together. Let's go. Let's go. Dude, dude do you know Rick Alexander? Uh, I've been introduced via the internet. Uh, yeah. I have not met him. Dude, I'm telling you, man, there, we, there's some good dudes, man. I mean, Mark's coming on next week on both podcasts. So I'm really, I'm really pumped. And then, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm moving like in two weeks, but I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to join in lift coaches. So I'm going to, I'm super pumped. Are you doing the, I'm the doing, Sept- I'm doing September. I can't, I'm okay. literally moving across the country. I have no home for a month. So I am like, let's give myself some space because I want to be, I want to be fully involved, but uh, I'm super That's, pumped. You know, I'm excited for you. it's, I was telling my coaching client this morning, if you're investing in yourself, meaning your trade, your craft, getting around people that that are going to push you. One of the things I want to do this year was get out of my sector of real estate and dive into other different sectors to get different points of view. I have a conversation that we did with Rick, Angelo, my co-host and me about an hour on masculinity and femininity. It's the one of the best conversations I've ever listened to. And I was a part of it. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, these guys are f- spitting fire in the, in the, and even look, here's the deal. You know, those are all highly accomplished men at the end of the call. After we turn off record, each one of them go, damn, that shit was like, people were, cause you rise to your level, you know? And like, that was some deep conversation and everybody that's listened to it said like, Oh my God. And so the question is, is, are you hiding? Like you said, from yourself, are you not getting in the rooms you should get into because you're, too comfortable with yourself? Are you not pushing yourself? Are you not investing in yourself? Because it's really great to be the, be the big daddy at the party, to be, be the guy that's the strongest, the smartest. I regularly am lacking in all those things when I step into a lot of rooms. (laughs) Prove me wrong, please. You know, any room I'm in, please give me an opportunity to learn, to grow. And, and to your point about like, learning in rooms so many people and, and i was i used this for years uh you are a direct reflection of the five people with whom you spend the most time mm-hmm. i am quickly becoming of the thought that that's a massive projection and hands your power off to that circle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. five people with whom you spend the most time are a direct reflection of you your habits your choices your values and the action you take or do not take in life mm-hmm. and if you're staying to back your point up in a circle where you're the big dog. Why? Mm-hmm. Dude, Ed Milet was doing a speech to my mentors in their mastermind group. And he looked at them dead in the face. These are like dudes that are worth like 15, 10, three, 20 million great fathers. And he said, listen, you're kicking ass compared to who? Mm. Not compared to me. And I was like, oh. holy yeah, baby. Like, but, but something I want to harp on because I, I don't want to get you out of here without talking about it. Cause this is the number one thing I'm working on right now is when you said control the flame, I think that there needs to be kind of a, especially in business, a light and dark side. Like when I had to get sober or lose weight first, like I was like screaming, imagine dragons at like 4am running in 50 degree weather with my shirt off, like, you know, on some spiritual fucking awakening, like just yelling at myself. But 
sometimes we as men especially can't turn off the flame to be a loving husband or a father. How does one go about controlling that kind of that that aggressiveness that that I think can be used for positivity, but when you can't flip the switch off, it's you know it also can not serve you. The one word answer is breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people's breathing is trapped in their chest, and uh, it keeps them upregulated in a sympathetic nervous system state, and that comes back to the conversation versus an argument. If you already know how you're going to react. It's, it's, it's already an argument. So to create space between your reaction and your response in any situation, breathe, keep it low and slow. Try and expand your waistband every time you breathe, unless you're trying to do something big and nasty and uncomfortable and you need to upregulate. But there's a reason zebras don't get ulcers. There's a book written on that name. That's not my analogy, but it's, it's because they, They save their fight, flight, or freeze for when a lion is chasing them. Not when somebody posts something nasty on social media and stirs something inside them and they decide to get angry for the rest of the day. And I have a, if I may, a personal story from this last weekend about being able to control that flame. Backstory, when I was was 17, I hospitalized my father. 32 stitches in his face, broken nose, four staples in the back of his head. I squelched. There were a couple more incidents over the next couple of years, but through my 20s, by and large, I squelched my flame Uh, because I was a hot when I was 18 and 19. I was the guy that if I showed up when there was a fight going on, like the fight most more often than not didn't happen because Chase was there, you know, Uh, and I I'm now at the point where I've come full circle and I I know like I'm carrying my flame. Like I, I don't even have a campfire. Like I just got a flame, like, mm-hmm. like just like, I don't know, Dragon Ball Z style, just floating around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're at, we're up at Torch Lake in Michigan for 4th of July and everybody's drinking surprise. And we're out at the sandbar and guys got separated from the girls. And coincidentally, as I'm coming up, I, I see my wife, and she's backing up from this guy. She's being kind of playful, like, no, no. It's like she's she likes to disarm situations by being playful. And I can tell this guy's drunk and doesn't get that she's trying to playfully deter him. Mm-hmm. And he keeps kind of walking forward. And, and coincidentally, she just backed up right into me. And I just put my arm around her. She looks up. She's like, okay, you got this. You go. Five years ago. I likely would have hit him just for following her. Um, I was like, what's up, man? And this dude spent 10 minutes and he was a built guy shorter than me. Um, He he was a built guy. He goes, I have a massive chest piece and sleeve. And I'm I'm told I often look like one of the most uh, intimidating guys in the room. And (laughs) he's like, this right here is a dude you don't fuck with. And he spent 10 minutes kissing my ass. And it was, and I I was able to hold space for him and like understand where he was coming from. And it went full circle into this guy just lost his dad two months ago. And he's out there. Like he's still trying to fill that void and he doesn't know how to act around people because he hasn't addressed his own stuff. So like, 
had I went and hauled off and hit this guy and knocked him out and left him floating in the water, like, okay, then he's got that to deal with too. The guilt over being so drunk that he pissed off some husband and got knocked out. And, and dude, we shook hands and he smiled and went on his way at the end of our chat. That's so powerful because that can be related to almost every part of who we are. This, this, this client or this business owner, or this customer or this friend says this thing to me. It's like, are they not allowed to have a bad day? Are they going through some shit? Like one of my mentors said something to me that changed my life. He said, if you can walk around and understand that everybody's going through something, then you'll have compassion in your heart for everybody. And you won't be triggered. Anger is often a misunderstanding of oneself. Mm. And by and large, it's just something that you don't want to address. No, that's a great point. So as you dip into growing the business the right way and you grow your coaching business the right way, what is, what is it moving forward over the next couple of years that gives you energy, that gives you life that you see yourself doing? The work that I do is regenerative. Um, to create to to be a, a coach that truly empowers people to uh, they talk about how they're changing people's lives uh, just from going through my program uh, and, and this isn't a program to teach people how to coach you know um, that's that's the good stuff uh, Adam Chin Mark England's business partner mm. he has in his Instagram bio there is no drug better than freedom and when you can be the plug for freedom, when you can be the guy that's like, I got the hookup on freedom, that's the power. And that's what keeps me driving. Oh, I'm totally taking that because that is so money. Because hear me out. And I say this and I mean this. This is not propaganda. I mean it in my soul. I tell my clients that I'm not coaching you. I'm coaching for your kids, for your wife for your business partners, for everybody that you're going to go out there and impact, right? That's who I'm coaching for because I call it the ripple effect of impact. That's what really matters. I, Mark made this point with me on, on an Instagram live, I think uh, a few months back, he called me up and at the time, my sister, uh, her sister-in-law, two of my coaches from the gym, and like three other people whose podcasts I had been on had all were all part of the enlisted community. So that's like seven people right there at that time mm-hmm. from the ripple that I made. And then imagine their ripples going out. Like it, it's so, and when we take that language tech and we go generations deep, what does that what are those kids like? Those talk about magic. We're gonna have some Merlin level wizards on our hands constructing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. No, it's what, what, what messed me up to the nth degree is when I got sober, I didn't tell anybody or I didn't tell a lot of people. And like a couple months in, I had three people text me in the same week and they said, we haven't talked about it, but you got me, I got sober because of you. 
Cause I figured if your crazy ass could do it, then I could do it. And I was like, but I didn't talk to them about it and I didn't tell them about it. Well, how did they do that? Well, I inspired them with my actions. Okay. So if I go, if I go live my best life and I'm the best version of myself, it'll empower people without me having to point them in the right direction. Yes. Uh, a man's character is the sum of his actions. You know, is, is a quote that has been instilled in me from a young age. And I believe that those actions are strongly based around our stories and our identity. And, yeah, and we've come full circle. So money. Love this conversation. If people want to find out more about you, they want to follow your journey. How would they do that? The easiest way with the most content right now is Instagram at coach underscore chase underscore Tolleson, uh, the website chasetolleson.com is under construction, uh, may even be up by the time this airs. So Wonderful. Well, that workshop's happening because I want to do it. It sounds so awesome. Uh, we know some great people. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you share it with your friends, send it out to all your people that will get some value from it, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.